0: Amen, we thank God for the new stage, we appreciate and love you all so much for being here this morning, and we going all please stand as we get ready to praise the Lord Jesus, who is ready to uh, just enter to the presence of God and to listen to this great sermon this morning. Amen. I know I am, amen. I'm Pastor Brother Juan, the pastors here on staff, just want to call up on my brother Julissa, let's give him
1: a hand as he come up and testify. What's up, MPI? I have a great testimony for y'all, man. It's really going to encourage a lot of you. Um, This whole month, I was battling a lot of uh, discouragement, you know, just uh, being so overwhelmed with a lot of ministry, you know, schoolwork, and um, just my job, you know. It was all so much just potting up on me to a point where I almost began to uh, burn out. And then God just showed up, man. He's like, he started to remind me, like, have I not been faithful to you? Did I not make you a leader in the ministry? Did I not bless you with a job? You know, just all this, just pile up on me, this love I could feel. and I'm like, man, God, you're right. You've always had been there. You know, and it was all because I was so caught up with things that I can only see, you know, the things that are temporary and less caught up with the stuff that I c- couldn't see, you know, that are eternal. And that uh, scripture which comes to uh, my mind about this. It's in uh, First, 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse uh, 16 through, uh, what is it? I'll just read it. Therefore, we do not despair, but even if our physical body is wearing away, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary life suffering is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Because we are not looking at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. Hallelujah. And this is just, just encouraged me so much, you know. And I want to encourage all of you out there too, you know, if you're dealing with discourage me, you know, the enemy just attacking you, telling you, you can't do anything in life, don't let him do that, just rebuke him, you know, just the whole sermon that Pastor Joel's preaching, it kind of ties into it, you know, like, spiritual warfare, you know, wearing your armor of God, being equipped to it, you know, because God has called you, you know, you're almost like an outcast of this world, you know, because you're not of this world. Hallelujah, I'm just going to pray for the service. Father, God, Lord, I pray, God, for everybody, Lord, in this congregation. Lord, I pray that those, God, that are just dealing with discouragement, God, that you deliver them, Lord, that you uh, show them, God, and give them the confidence, Lord, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Equip them, Lord. God, let us be encouraged, God, by the greatness of your love, Lord. Let us remain in hope, God. Let us have faith, God, and stay true to your will, God. I pray that you have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: We're going to take Lisa's advice how do you say that? Ulysses' Ulysses' advice. We're going to take his advice and we're just going to rebuke the devil right now. So just lift up your hands. Just close your eyes and say, devil, we're going to freak you out with our praise. We're going to freak you out. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. We cast you from this place. Now, saints of God, just start lifting up your voice. Just start praising him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Come on. Praise him. Lift up your voice and praise. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. in a few minutes. So we're going to call all the kids up here. They're going to teach us how to dance, how to shout, and how to do some fun stuff for Jesus, okay? Jesus said, if you want to go to heaven, you got to be like them. That's what he said, all right? You want to go to Jesus? Imitate these little children because the kingdom of God is theirs. So kids, look at me. Smile at me. There you go. <laughs> I want you guys to dance, clap, do whatever you want, cartwheel, whatever you want, okay? We're going to let loose in this place. Now, parents, I want you all to dance, clap, whatever you want, cartwheel, because we're going to do this for Jesus. You guys ready? In the midst of my darkest night, let your love be the shining light. Break the chains that we're your son down and set me free. Everything in this world of faith. I'm pressing on till I see your face. I will lift you will be done. Come on. And I will stop to your feet. Come on, kids. Cause you are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher, lift you higher. You. Come on,
3: everybody.
2: Come on, Oh, oh, oh. You are alive in us, nothing can take your place. You are all we need. Your love can set us free. You are alive in us, nothing can take your place. You are all we need. Your love has set us Lift up a shout. You are, you are, you are. My Who's free in this place? Wave you your hands. Lift you higher. Your love, your love, your love, never. Whoa. Sing that again. Cause you are, you are. My freedom. We lift you higher. Lift you higher. Your love, your love, your love, your love. never and sing, oh, oh, oh. Be free in Jesus, then you are. Nothing can take your place. You are all we need. Your love has set us free. You are alive in us. Nothing can take your place. You are all we need. Your love has set us free. Lift up a shout, Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, you make us alive, you make us alive, cause you are, you are, you are my freedom, lift you higher, come on, sing your congregation, cause you are, you are, you are my freedom. Make it personal. Your love, your love, your love. One more time. Declare to the Lord. Because you are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher. Your love, your love, your love. built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. Day Lift up your hands and say this. If you're in a charismatic church, that means we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That means we know that Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, talks to his bride through tongues and interpretation of tongues through prophecy. The Lord, I know, is stirring up words in this place right now. If you have a word for the body, for the edification, the encouragement of the body, just speak it out right now. is with you. You need not fear. You need not fear. Take courage. He's with you. He's called you. You are a living stone in this building called the church. You are a living stone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just to be close to you Just to be close to you just to be close to you is my desire. Just to, to Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. Come on, lift up your hands, right? Just to
3: be close to you, just to be close to you, just to be close to you, is my desire. Just to be be
2: close to you, just to be close to you, you. just to be. Is that the prayer of your heart this morning? Come on, lift up your hands and say, Just to be close to you Just to be close to you It's you and God, you and God. Be close to you is my desire Come on, sing it loud. Just to be close to you Just to be close to you Just to be close to you is my desire. Just to be close to you, just to be close to you, just to be close to you. you. Just to be close to you, just to be close to you, is my desire. Just to be close to you, just to be close to you, just to be close to you, is my If you feel his presence, just lift up your voice right now. Hallelujah! Just to be close to you, just to be close to you, just to be close to you is my desire. One more time, sing it out. Just to be close to you, let heaven hear you today. Just to be close to you, just to be close to you is my desire lift up those hands and say one more time just to be close to you just to be close to you just to be close to you is my desire just to be close to you just to be close to you just to be close to you you. It's just to be close to you, it's just to be close to you, just to be close to you, is my desire. Lift
3: up a shout of praise! Hallelujah! Jesus!
2: Hallelujah! You are our desire, Jesus. You're all we want you're all we need we need you we need you we need you lord chicago needs you america needs you god this whole world needs you you're our only hope you're our only desire
4: To you, he's right here. The Lord is near, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, 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 Jesus, hallelujah. We don't serve a God who's made by human hands. We don't serve a God who's limited by time, by space, or matter. Oh, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. near. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you because your evidence, dear God, your presence is evident to all. Father, the testimonies that are in this room, dear God, the lives that you have saved, the lives that you have spared, the lives that you've changed and transformed, dear God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, it's only because of you. It's only possible because of you, King of glory. Oh, Prince of Peace, God Almighty, creator of the heavens and of the earth is in this room this morning. And for that, we worship you. Father, we thank you for the series that we've been going through where you are speaking to us about spiritual warfare. And Father, before we go forth, right now I wanna take this opportunity to start binding and to start loosing. Before we get into the word of God, we wanna pray and intercede right now. God's word says whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. And whatever you don't allow on earth won't be allowed in heaven come on so we're gonna partner with God this morning we're gonna wage war against the enemy right now the next couple of minutes against the attacks over the marriages or attacks over the families in this community over the attacks of, over the, our, our young adults in the city of Chicago father with the power and the authority that you have given us Father, because we know that you are near and you are close to us, and you hear our prayers this morning, we take this opportunity to intercede. In the name of Jesus, Father, we bind every attack over marriages in the name of Jesus. Father, we bind the lie of Satan that is trying to redefine marriage. Father, we bind, dear God, adultery. We bind perversion in the marriages. In Jesus' name, Father, and we let loose unity, Father, unity over the marriages in the name of Jesus. Father, we we let loose trust and love and forgiveness and mercy and grace over marriages in Jesus' name. Father, we come against the violence in the city of Chicago. Come on, won't you join me this morning, church? We come against the violence in the city of Chicago. We come against every wicked and evil heart and every scheme of the devil in the name of Jesus. Wanting to take our city. Father, we plead your blood over our city and we let loose your peace. We let loose your peace, we let loose your truth that will penetrate every lie of the devil in Jesus' name. Father, we let loose your gospel to go forth with power and authority, dear God, as we preach on every street corner, dear God. In the name of Jesus, we pray for souls to be saved in Jesus' name. And Father, right here this morning, at Metro Praise International, Father God, we bind every lie of the devil over your people in Jesus' name. We bind every deceptive thought. Father, we bind, dear God, the battle of the mind, dear God, and I let loose the mind of Christ. I let loose the revelation, dear God, that we have the mind of Christ. We are rooted and established in you, dear God. We stand today upon your word in the name of Jesus. Have your way in this service, hallelujah your way, have your way, have your way. Oh, Oh, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way. Father, I pray for breakthroughs this morning. I pray dear God against depression and anxiety and fears and worries and the thoughts of people falling away in Jesus name let your word penetrate through the hearts of your people and that when we would walk out of here dear God never again the same never again looking back in Jesus name and everybody said amen and amen come on give the Lord some praise Woo! hallelujah you are good God hallelujah want to you greet your neighbor and find a seat welcome to metro praise international we're so excited to be here in the house of god we'll invite all the children to make your way to the back your sunday school teacher is waiting for you everyone else if you could please turn with me in your bibles to romans three twenty-three. i want to share the gospel the good news of jesus christ god is good amen and he sent his son jesus christ not to condemn us, not to punish us, not to hang something over our heads, but to make a way for us. The Bible tells us that you and I are sinners. What is sin? You guys know what sin is? Things that we have done against a holy God. And the Bible says that none of us are exempt from that. The Bible says that we have all sinned as we're going to read, we've all fallen short of God's standard but he made a way, amen? Let's read the scripture. It says, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Hmm, that's something to chew on, right? It says, all have sinned, we've all missed the mark. We've all fallen short. But now it says all are justified freely by what? His grace, amen? Through the redemption that came through Jesus Christ. So because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross when he was crucified, when he was buried and he rose again, it's through that that redemption came. For who? For the sinners. Everybody raise your hand. Right here. Say he came for me. Right here. He came for you and I. We will be justified freely. Guess what? You can put your hands back down. We all should have been condemned freely, right? We all, it would have been right for God to have condemned us and said, I'm, don't, I'm done away with humanity. I'm starting over. But no, he said you would be justified freely for all who reach out and receive the redemption that came through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Amen. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he did on that cross for us, something amazing, something powerful happens. You want to know what that's called? It's called being born again. Something that you cannot fake, something that you cannot receive, something I cannot give you. And it happens supernaturally. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he gives you new life. And the Bible says that all who are in Christ are a new creation. The old has gone and the new comes complete transformation in christ jesus and he welcomes you into a loving relationship with him this morning if he's not lord and savior of your life you don't stand right with him you are condemned but the moment you lift up your hands and you surrender to him the bible says he gives you new life amen don't let another day go by where you're not right with the living god There's power in the name of Jesus. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? So I want to pray right now for those of you who don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we're going to have some prayer workers right over here on the side for you. If you're saying, that's me. I want to live for Christ. I want to receive the new life that he has for me. Please go to them. Humble yourself and say, I want Jesus Christ. And they're going to help you and they're gonna help you get connected with discipleship. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you've made a way for us to be justified freely. Father, that you wash away our sins and you don't hold it over our heads. Father, we thank you for new life. We thank you for the gift of salvation and we thank you for the relationship that you offer us. I pray that in this room, dear God, nobody would walk out of here not knowing you as Lord and Savior of their lives. During this time and throughout the message and throughout the worship, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would convict hearts, that you would tug at their hearts, dear God, that they would no longer be able to ignore your voice. Father, the same way that you saved us, many of us in this room, dear God, the same way you can save them. So have your way, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Please stand to your feet. We're going to recite our confession of faith. This is our biblical worldview. If you're new to this church, what does MPI believe? This is what we we believe, all right? And we're gonna recite it loudly and on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen and amen. Amen. Please take this time to greet somebody new. If you need prayer, our prayer workers are right over here for you.
3: As distant hearts begin believing. Shit's be is on
5: Church, Come on, clap it up for Jesus. Look to your neighbor. Let them know you're excited for them to be here. Say, I'm so glad to see you. I don't see you guys talking to each other. Look to your neighbor. Let them know you're happy they're here. Woo! Welcome, everybody, to Metro Praise International. If this is your first time here, we welcome you. We want to keep having you join us every week. Keep on coming back. And for those who have been coming regularly, let's keep inviting our friends and our family Our services here at MPI are every Sundays at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. This is our family service. We have King's Kids in the back for our children. And then we have Elevate every Friday at 7 p.m. for our teenagers, 11 to 18 years old. If you know anybody that's in that age group, invite them. This is a place to be on Friday nights. We're so excited but what God is doing in our young people, and our young people need Jesus. How many of you guys believe that? So this is a place for them to be. We want to let you guys know about our Easter service coming up. It's going to be March 27th. That's Easter this year. It's a little bit early for both of our services, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. We're having Abundant Life is our uh, sermon for that Uh, Sunday, We're going to be doing a whole series for the month of March. So we want you guys to get some flyers. Do we have those flyers ready to be passed out right now? All right. So the ushers right now are going to be passing out these Abundant Life flyers down the rows. We want you guys to take a whole bunch and start leaving them at restaurants. Waitresses and waiters should be invited, your coworkers, your family, your neighbors. Maybe you could go on a nice walk in these coming uh, days. We're going to have like 50-something degrees and just start going door to door in your neighborhood and inviting people to our Easter service. And actually all month, the whole month of March. So we're gonna have a children's presentation that Sunday. We're gonna be having free family portraits. So it's gonna be awesome. It's all about Jesus, guys. It's all about the cross so we want to make it fun and exciting for people to come here but the main reason is jesus they need to hear the gospel our friends and family coworkers, neighbors they need jesus and it's our responsibility to keep telling them about jesus keep inviting them to church because they need to get plugged into a good church so we're so excited about our easter service abundant life that's what god gives to us so let's join together and make that happen at mpi we have a vision a strategy of gold Our vision is loving God, loving people. How many of you guys love to love God and love people? Come on, with everything inside of us. Our strategy is to connect you, to mentor you, and to send you. We want to connect you to the life groups that happen throughout the week. We want to mentor you through the 101 and 201 books that we have. And we want to send you out to do evangelism all the time. And our goal is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches in the city and 500 around the world how many you guys believe we could do that by God's grace and power come on how many you guys want to be a part of that so there's no going back we're just moving forward so let's talk about connect somebody say connect we want to connect you to the life groups in the back of your handout you'll see the schedule that's happening for this quarter find a place to belong there's so many different kinds of life groups that happen Uh, to meet the needs of you and your family. So there's different times, places, locations. So find a place. Today we're kicking it off with our single moms meeting at 5 p.m. Come on, single mamas. God's doing awesome things in that ministry. Tuesday we have the Resistance Youth Life Group, 11 to 18 years old. That's what I'm talking about. 6 p.m. here at the church. Wednesday we have the Righteously Redeemed Youth Life Group, 11 to 18 years old, 6 p.m. at that address address. Wednesday, King's Kids. That's for our children. Infant to 11 years old, 630 here at the church. Every week, we got to bring them, parents. This is a place for our children to be. They learn about Jesus. They have the Royal Rangers Boys Club, Impact Girls Club. Awesome time for them. Thursday, every week, we have our gang ministry, gang outreach, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. Every Friday, we have two adult Bible studies. One is at the Govea's house, the other one at the Vivid's house, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. If you're an adult, 18 years and over you got to be there on Friday nights it's a powerful time of fellowship getting into the word encouraging each other just being the body of Christ and just encouraging those to keep going after God and then Saturdays the ambassadors come on that's what I'm talking about ambassadors youth are meeting 11 to 18 years old 3 p.m. let's just say we're rocking it out for Jesus look to your neighbor say we're rocking it out Then we want to mentor you through the 101 and the 201 the 101 is welcome to your new life okay we have leaders ready to take you through that book one on one we are here for you we have leaders ready to just uh, get into your life encourage you spur you on to live for god answer those tough questions be with you to pray for you and then when you graduate 101 you'll get into the 201 class disciples that make disciples we have two classes one on sunday mornings with pastor jared the other one is Thursday evenings with Pastor Ellie. It's a powerful time. That's where you get trained to be a to be a leader. And we could ordain you one day to be a deacon and an elder in the house of God. And then we want to send you out. Somebody say send. We have to do evangelism. We believe in street witnessing. Every Saturdays from five to eight. They're on the streets preaching the gospel. And we want you guys to join them. Don't be scared. Look to your neighbor and say, Don't be scared. I'll go with you. See, I'll take you with me next time. So meet the warriors out there. It's a powerful time. You will be encouraged. Your walk with God will be refreshed. The Bible says he who wins souls is wise. And if you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. So it's a great part of you growing in the lord is being uh, out there on the streets preaching the gospel so in recap vision strategy goal vision of loving god loving people strategy of connect mentor and send and a goal of a hundred thousand disciples in chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world let me get a hallelujah come on who's excited to give tithes and offerings today that's an act of worship unto the lord We believe that a tithe is 10% of our total income given to the church regularly. That belongs to Jesus. And then offering is an amount that is between you and God. That is an amount he gives to you. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. So you don't give under reluctancy or under pressure. That is a a reflection of your relationship with him. And we designate offering towards missions and building. And we give to various missions projects as a church throughout the year, blessing people, sending our materials overseas, just blessing the people of God so that we could keep preaching the gospel even outside of Chicago. And our building fund currently that we're in is the, the, the building fund for the new band equipment. As you guys can see, the new stage. How many of you guys are excited about this new stage? <laughs> so it has begun. New stage. It's already built out. This thing is so beautiful. And I'll probably let my husband share the testimony about it. So it's just beautiful, the lighting has already begun to get put up, this beautiful lighting. And then tomorrow, somebody say tomorrow. Guess what's happening? Yes, the sign, woo! Come on, clap it up for Jesus. We have waited so long for these permits. There is one more that has to kind of, we have to pass through but they're confident that it's going to go at that stage. So they're going to come up, and it should be up in about a few hours tomorrow. So you should be seeing pictures on Facebook of what it looks like. So we are so pumped. God is good. We thank you guys for joining with us because we can't do this by ourselves. It takes the people of God joining together to accomplish the vision that God has for us in this city to reach the world. So let's get into our lesson in the Disciples' Giving Book. We are on section one, all about tithing. Lesson nine is today, we should be faithful to tithe. Somebody say faithful. faithful. The tithe is 10% of our total income given to God faithfully. We're going to be reading from Malachi 3, 6 through 8. You could look uh, at the screen or turn in your Bibles. Malachi 3, 6 through 8. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from me. From my de- you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? That was God's response. Yet you rob me, but you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. Can't get any more clear than that, right? Let's read the main points. Number one, God never changes. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Though God's requirements from the Old to the New Covenant may be applied differently to his people, however, his character remains the same. How are you guys excited and happy and just so grateful that God never changes? His love for us never changes. His ways don't change. He is constant. Number two, the tithe remains in place for the New Testament. Unlike the dietary laws and the sacrificial laws of the Old Testament, which are clearly fulfilled in the teachings of Christ, the principle of tithing remains intact for today's believer. And that's why we believe so much in applying that to our life. It is an extension of our worship, of our relationship to Him, and Scripture teaches it. Number three, if we stop tithing, we must repent for robbing God and return to being faithful. God clearly defines not tithing as robbing from Him. Therefore, we are able to be faithful in always giving. Back to him, 10% of our income. So I really want to challenge you, congregation, if this is an area that you've been struggling with, you haven't been consistent, you weren't being faithful, you have to repent before the Lord and start doing it and say, God, I'm going to trust you in this area. I'm not going to hold the reins of control in this area of my life because when we fully surrender, we're, we're surrendering all the, the dirty stuff, the, 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 the parts of us that hurt, but it's also our finances because it says we're trusting you. Amen? Here's a summary. Return to tithing if you have stopped and make it a faithful practice. Uh, Here's application. Two ways to apply it. Number one, repent and return to tithing if you have not been faithful in this command. And number two, remain consistent in your tithing out of your love and obedience to God. Even when you're facing a a hard place, be consistent. That 10% Give it to the Lord and see how over time he will remain faithful to you. He doesn't change. So it's in those hard moments where we got to pass the test to say, God, I'm going to give this to you even though I don't have money to do anything else. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to see you come through in my life. Let's confess this on the count of three together. One, two, three. Tithe was implied with Cain and Abel, revealed to Abraham, established in the law of Moses, and is still relevant for today. It comes with a blessing and curse. It must be qualitative, a priority, and a faithful practice in our lives. The tithe advances the kingdom of God, tests our maturity, breaks the attitude of greed through obedience, is mandated for all, and brings us into partnership with God and his church. If that makes you excited, please stand up to your feet this morning, and let's prepare to give the Lord our best. Our tithe is 10% of our total income. Our offering is going to go towards missions and building. That's an amount between you and Jesus. I just want to remind you on the envelope, please be very specific about the amounts that go towards each of those categories. Here are four ways for you to give. Number one, in the bucket during the offering. Two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes. Three, in the back with credit or debit card. You can see Pastor Griselda for that today. And number four, online with Chase QuickPay, PayPal Bill Pay at MPI Church org forward slash giving here's a building fund that we're in the new band equipment we've raised two thousand nine hundred and forty dollars we have the eight thousand one hundred and eighty left let's keep rocking it out let's stay faithful to the lord if you haven't joined us yet for the new building fund if you're new or you've kind of been uh, just kind of waiting here's what you could do number one pray ask god what you should give number two listen listen to the holy spirit be faithful to what he tells you and three give and give generously let's recite this together Philippians 4.18, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that you never change. And we want to learn from your example. We want to be faithful. We want to be consistent. I pray that we would be faithful givers of the tithe and uh, givers of offering God generously with a cheerful heart. I pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us God in your ways. I pray that you would bless your people, prosper them on the job, bring increases and raises and favor and promotion. I pray that everywhere that we go, that we would be a light and a witness, God, of your goodness, because your word says your goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And I pray that you bless the gift and the giver today. I pray that we would use it for your glory. I pray that you would multiply it, God, that we could win this city for you, and all the nations of the earth will hear the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen and amen. Please come forward as you gave, and you thank you so up, much for now. your support and your generosity.
3: From the ash, I am born again. Forever safe in the Savior's hands You are more than a word could say I follow you, Lord, for all my days Fix my eyes, follow in your ways Forever free in unending grace Cause you are you
0: Darkest night. Let your love be the shining light. All right, I want you guys to do me a favor. I want my man Carlos to stand up, and I want us to give Carlos, come on, Carlos, stand up. I want us to give him a hand clap. Stand up. Give him a standing ovation. Let's, let's now stand up. He built this stage to 1.30 in the morning, two different nights. Gracias, Señor. Thank you. Come on, give him a hug, Daryl. There you go. Thank you. You guys may be seated. Him and Nico, Daniela's husband, stayed here twice to 1.30 in the morning. This stage was supposed to cost around $3,000. But because of Carlos and Nico, it only cost $300. They dedicated all of their labor, and then Nico's flooring company gave the flooring to the church. Almost a $1,000 value. Amen. God is so good. I welcome you to the house of God where miracles happen every day. Amen? And what you see God do in the church, God wants to do through the church. I believe God for prosperity and blessing in your life today as well. Amen? Let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We are finishing out our sermon series on spiritual warfare, and today's message is fight. Come on, somebody say fight. You guys ready to get it on today? You ready to get it on? We need to get it on. The devil has been defeated. Jesus Christ is Lord. It's time for you, brothers and sisters, to take up your armor and fight and win against the devil. This whole entire month of February, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. We've been talking about understanding the armor of God, how to defeat the enemy, how to live in victory. And today is the conclusion, and literally all the messages up until this point have been an introduction. I'm going to give it all to you today because I want to encourage you as I encourage myself to win the battles against the devil, to win the battles against the flesh. You and I were never meant to live in defeat, not even for a moment we were always supposed to live in victory how many believe that can I hear an amen look at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 this has been our passage the whole entire sermon series but now you will hear it in its entirety Paul is speaking here finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and I just want to ask some of you right now are you ready to finally be strong in the Lord come on finally are you tired of getting whooped by the devil finally are you finally ready to stop making excuses? Are you finally ready to stop pushing it off for another time? Are you finally ready to give up your religion and get into a relationship with Christ? Finally. I just want to know is there anybody here that's putting down their feet saying, finally, it's over? It's over. I'm going to live like Christ told me to live. Finally, I'm going to defeat temptation. Finally, I'm going to believe this Bible. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Is the Lord stronger than your problems today? Yes or no? I don't care what news you get this week. Is the Lord stronger than that news? Whatever problems you and I face, is he stronger than? Absolutely. Finally. Somebody needs today to resolve it in their heart. I'm not just trying to be a preacher and be cute today. I'm telling you the truth. Somebody needs to resolve it in their heart today and say, finally, I'm going to be strong in the Lord. I'm tired of getting defeated by the enemy. Finally. Finally, I get it. It's not my strength. It doesn't say finally be strong in yourself. Listen to a self-help message from Oprah Winfrey. It says finally be strong in the Lord. So who's tired of doubting and tired of losing and tired of being tired? Who's ready to say, finally, I'll be strong in Jesus. Finally, today, I will be strong in his power. I'll stop trying to do it in myself, do it for myself, do it in church, do it, for a, a do it with a pastor. None of that will work. As good as church is, as good as a pastor is, as good as praying is, as good as reading your Bible is, if you don't finally decide once and for all, I'll be strong in the Lord. Church won't mean nothing. Prayer won't mean nothing. Bible reading won't mean nothing. You've got to have faith when you come to those things. I just want to notice anybody say, today's my finally. Today is my finally, 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 finally. Last, so- last Sunday of February, finally, I will be strong in the Lord. Finally. Finally, I'm done making excuses. I'm done being defeated. I'm done saying it only works for pastors and preachers and these kind. I'm going to get my victory. I'm going to live in victory. Finally, finally, my victory finally is today. Finally. You have to say it's finished. Finito. The battle belongs to the Lord. And listen, y'all, the Lord has won. Christ is victor. The battle belongs to Jesus, and Jesus has won. You see, today you have to say finally. You can't just say it because I've said it. You've got to believe it in your heart. Because otherwise it's just another slogan. It's another word. The word finally doesn't have the power. The power is what the preacher is saying through this. Finally be strong in the Lord. I don't know what it's going to be like for you to finally give up you trying to fix yourself and let God do it. I don't know what it's going to take. Some of y'all might take another year of hell. And I'm going to be honest with you. It may take me preaching this again in 2017 before you get it. You may need another year of being busted and disgusted. You may need another year living on Grumble Alley next to Barely Get Along Avenue. You might need another year of having people cheat on you and let you down before you finally... Stop trying to fix people in yourself and start saying, God, I'm going to trust in your strength. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to let go and let you take over. It's about time some people say, my finally is finally here. Somebody needs to say, my finally is finally here. Come on, you all need to believe, my finally is finally here. Some of you, I can just tell, some of you are here today and you're like, I don't need to go another year. I don't need to go another month. I don't need to go another week. Finally, it's finally here. It's right here. It's right now. Ahora. Now, baby. Finally. Been preaching this for a month. Finally. Is anybody finally ready to be strong? Finally. Is somebody finally ready to stop giving up all the time? Is it finally have you decided to start coming to church being faithful to God finally have you decided to delete that internet account finally have you decided to throw that music away them tv shows away delete those things that are just garbage finally are you ready to tell some friends we got to stop hanging out at them places finally is somebody going to talk to their boyfriend or girlfriend today and go finally i got to be pure and holy in this thing finally Finally, i got to be a tither. I'm tired of trying to be greedy and ask God to bless me. Finally, I'll give today. Finally, I'll join discipleship. I'm tired of saying how tired I am. Finally, I'll be strong in God and be a disciple like Peter, Paul, and James. Finally, is somebody finally ready to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power? Because this message is for you. If you've had enough, if you put your foot down and said, I'm done, and you're here today to say, I'm not making any excuses, it's all Christ or n- nothing at all, then I'm preaching to you today. My heart is for you today. You listen. To, look at this preacher, please. My heart is for you today. I will meet you on the battlefield, and we will win in Jesus' name. My preaching is for you today. My heart is for you today. My passion is for you today. Because I'm with you. I'm finally done. I'm giving up stuff today saying I'm I'm done. I'm done trying on my own. I'm giving God the praise, the glory, and the trust. You can no more win a battle against the devil than you can walk on water. You can't do it, people. Only God can do it. The example of Peter walking on water is all the example we need of faith. If you think you're going to be able to go through the storms of this life and walk on top of them, you are out of your mind. You have been lied to and bamboozled by the self-help industry of people going to hell. Listen to me, my friend. As the Titanic was going down, do you think it was a good time to paint the rooms, remodel the rooms of the Titanic? Hello? It's sinking. Get off the boat. Listen to me. They're all dying and going to hell. Listen, if the world doesn't have Christ, they're dying and going to hell, remodeling your life, trying to change it up a little bit, will do nothing. Your ship is sinking. Get out of that mess. Change your direction. Get on to the gospel ship. Amen. And what you'll see today as I preach this to you, because I'm telling you, it was all the introduction. All of them three messages were the introduction. If you missed them, go back and listen to them, because today may make a lot more sense, but I hope somebody gets it, even if they're a first-time visitor. But listen, this is a message for people who are finally ready to be strong in the Lord. This is a message for people who are saying, I'm going to be strong in his power. Teach me how to do it, Pastor. Teach me how to be strong in the Lord's power. Teach me how to do what God told me to do, because this word does not lie. Everybody, the Bible says, let God's word be true and every man a liar. People will lie to you. Your friends will lie to you. Parents will lie to you. I'm telling you, everybody in this world can lie to you. I'm not saying they all are at all times. I'm just saying, if anybody tells you that this is not true, let God be true and all other men a liar. If somebody tells you, oh, no, you know, it doesn't work like that, they're lying to you. Yes, it works like this. People who have long lived before we ever got on this planet, People in the 1800s, when you all, and we weren't even here, in the 1600s, lived by this, fought their victories, buried their children, lived and died from diseases. They stood strong in God no matter what came their way, and they wrote songs about it to teach us. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, be thou my true word, I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, and I thy true Son. Thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. Be thou my battle shield, sword for the fight. Be Thou my dignity, Thou my delight, Thou my soul's shelter, and Thou my high tower. Come on. Raise Thou me heavenward, O power of my power. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou my inheritance, now and always. Thou and Thou only are first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure Thou art. That was written in the 1600s. See, what do you believe? What do you believe, amen? I know I can't sing, but I can worship. Hello, somebody. I don't care. I want to be free. I made a decision. He's my treasure. I made a decision. He's my vision. I made a decision. He's my high tower. I made a decision that I don't want riches. I want Jesus. I just want to know before I get on with this message, is somebody finally ready for their finally to come and be strong in the Lord? Can I hear an amen? Amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the whole armor, the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly places. Those are the devils, little minions, those rulers, authorities, powers, and forces. They come against us. It's not just flesh and blood it's the devil behind them Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when that day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to what? Stand. You better learn to stand. Come on, somebody say stand. Stand. Amen. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can establish. Distinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It sounds like this Bible calls you a soldier. It sounds like this Bible says you got an enemy to defeat. If I'm reading this correctly, it says you win. It's not putting some armor on you to look like a goofy person to get out there and lose the battle. Anybody ever see 300 and there was somebody that was crippled and he tried to have the armor on and it looked all silly. He couldn't fight worth nothing, became a traitor. That's not what the Bible is describing. The Bible is describing men and women of God shining in the glory of God with their armor, with the sword of the Spirit, ready to defeat and destroy the enemy. That's who you are. Somebody say, that's who I am. And then continuing on in that passage, and pray. Come on, somebody say, and pray. And pray, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That's why we talked to you last week about being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of other tongues. That is the prayer of the Spirit. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So shall we ever stop praying? No. Pray also for me. You can think of Paul as, as, as me as Paul today, as your pastor, your leader. Pray also for me. Pray for your leaders that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the God. Gospel. that I wouldn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, pridefully make money off the gospel, that I wouldn't, uh, you know, schemingly deceive people. Pray for me that I would fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And what's that mystery? That Christ would love sinners like us, that he would die on the cross, raise again from the dead so that we could have eternal life. He said, for which I am an ambassador in chains. He was arrested in jail writing this letter, Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Can I hear an amen? I'm declaring it to you fearlessly, amen, by God's grace. I want to give you the explanation of this passage verse by verse so that whenever you read this passage, you will never read the passage the same again, that you will be able to say, hey, I get this. Even though I heard it at church and the preacher was was shouting and excited, but when I'm by myself, I still understand this. In verse 10, he said, be strong in the Lord's power. We learned. That the way we receive the power of God is in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall receive power when the what comes upon you? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts of the earth. So how, how do we get strong in the Lord? We get baptized in His power. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, speaking in other tongues, join us up at the altars and receive the power of the Lord. The next thing that we learn is that the Bible says to stand against the devil's schemes. To stand against them, not run away and not ignore them. Those are both ways to live in defeat. If you are here today saying, the devil doesn't mess with me, you're, you're, you've been deceived. You've already been uh, defeated because you don't understand the devil right now. Because the devil, if he's not messing with you, he's already got you in his army. He's already tricked you. You're on your way to hell. Or if you're a Christian and you say, oh, the devil doesn't mess with me, you don't know how to recognize the devil's schemes. The Bible says we should be honest with ourselves and know that things do come from the devil. Now, no one can say the devil made me do it because both God and the devil must respect the free will of man. God could not make Judas serve him, and the devil couldn't make uh, Peter deny Christ. Peter denied Christ on his own, and Judas hung himself on his own. Think about that. But we are to stand against the devil's schemes. And so what does that mean? That means you stand in the place of victory. You stand in the place of safety. Imagine if someone was coming to invade your house. This is the illustration it's giving. The devil is an invader in this sense, and you are to stand at your front door with your weapon locked and loaded, holding your ground. Amen? Can I get amen? Amen. And the battle isn't against people. The battle is against these four kinds of things, the uh, four kinds of ranks and levels of demonic assault, rulers, authorities, powers, and forces of evil. The Bible doesn't spend a lot of time going into their definitions, and we don't need to either. The bottom line is whenever something comes from the devil, you send it back to hell where it came from. You don't need to know its name. You don't need to know the kind of ruler it is. Just say, you go back to de- the hell where you came from, Satan. If it feels like perversion, call the spirit of perversion and tell it to get out. If it feels like anger, call the spirit of anger. But just the bottom line is, tell the devil to go back to hell where he belongs. Amen. The next thing that we learn is that illustration that Paul gives us of the armor of God. Here's this cute little anime giving us a good illustration. He says this is what we're supposed to do. We are to put on the belt of truth, the belt of truth representing the teachings of Christ holding up our spiritual pants. We are then to have on a breastplate of righteousness, the righteousness of Christ imputed to us by salvation. When Jesus died on the cross, he gave you righteousness. You don't have to earn it. Then you put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. The shoes take you where you need to go in life. They help you to stand. The gospel helps you to stand. You need to remember the gospel and all that you do wherever you go. Remembering the breastplate also protects your heart. Then the Bible says that we are given a helmet of salvation, the salvation of God, giving us the mind of Christ, guarding our minds and our thoughts, keeping us free from anxiety, worry, and fear, from anger, from a low self-esteem. Then we are to have a shield, a shield of faith that extinguishes not some of the arrows of the enemy, but the Bible says all the arrows of the enemy. Every single arrow against you and I is extinguished when we hold up faith. There is not one thing that faith will not do for you when it comes against the battle of evil. And then lastly, you have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It is what you attack back with when the devil comes against you. So when you think about Jesus being tempted, Jesus gets tempted by the devil. Now he has to stand. Jesus had never sinned. This is now a temptation for Jesus to sin. He stands in his perfection. He stands in his holiness. How does he do that? He stands by knowing who he is. He knows that he is virgin born. He knows that he has come perfect from the Holy Spirit. He knows that he loves God and keeps his commands and loves people as himself. So now as the devil sees him in a state of hunger after 40 days of uh, not eating or drinking in the desert, the devil says, here, turn these uh, rocks into bread. And then you'll be satisfied. You can eat. And what the devil is trying to do is to get Jesus off of the spiritual and onto the physical, onto the flesh. Because Jesus was feeling the desires of the flesh, and that's the first thing that the devil will do with you. He will try to get you off of the spirit and onto the flesh. He'll say, doesn't sex outside of marriage feel good? How could you go to hell over this? He'll say, doesn't letting your temper loose feel good sometimes? You can't go to go to hell over this. Doesn't it feel good to be unforgiving towards your enemies? Doesn't it feel good to skip church and sleep in when you want? Doesn't it feel good to keep your money and not tithe when you want? And the devil will get you to think about your flesh. And not the spirit. But what did Jesus do? Jesus used the sword of the spirit, the word of God, to attack back the enemy. And he said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, I don't need first earthly food. I first need spiritual food. You don't need what your flesh tells you you need. You need what God tells you you need. You need what God says. God is your creator. God made you in his image. He knows what you and I need. Some of you single people here think you need a relationship. No, you don't. You need Jesus. Come on. You just need Jesus. Some of you people here think that I'm telling you you need more money. No, you just need Jesus. You need to budget what you have, give what you have. You don't need another job. You need patience. See, God will start to tell you what you need what you need. Then the second thing the devil did was to attack Jesus. He took him to a high place, and he said, jump off. And then now the devil, getting all slick, used Scripture and said, the angels won't let you strike your feet. See, now he began to test Jesus, not by his physical flesh, but by the trust of God or by the ability to make him put God the Father on the spot. See, here's Jesus in a sense, in a different relationship with the Father because he used to only be a spirit with the Father sitting next to him in heaven. Now he's here in flesh, and he's feeling tired. He had never felt that before. He's feeling hungry and all of these things. And so now he may have a doubt in his mind, is the Father with me as he's always been for eternity? Because the Bible says in the beginning was Jesus. Jesus was with the Father, and Jesus was God like the Father in John 1.1. one, Are you listening? And so now he's being tempted to whether or not he can trust God. And so the devil takes advantage of that. And he says, why don't you jump off of this and this cliff and let the angels prove to you that God's still on your side? And how does the devil mess with us like that in our times of testing? God, uh, the devil wants to tell us that God has left us. When you're sick, when you've lost a loved one, when things in your life have gone wrong, the devil wants to say, psst, where's God? Make God prove that He's here. Make God show you that He's here. See how hurting you are? See how much pain you're in? If God was real, you should be able to cast yourself into His hands and He would care for you. He would make you stop crying. He would make you stop being so sad. See, let me put God to the test in a way the Bible never said. The Bible didn't say you wouldn't have pain in this world. The Bible said that you would have pain, but that Jesus would come to your aid and carry your pain. So if you just think to yourself that pain is the evidence of an absent God, you're going to be tricked. But what does Jesus say? He's not tricked. He said, do not put the Lord thy God to test. He said, I trust him whether I fall off this cliff and I fall to the ground. I'll trust him whether or not problems come and go. I'll trust him whether or not people leave me. I'll trust him whether or not all this world falls. I'll still trust him. Like David said, even if God thinks it best to kill me, I'll still trust him. And isn't that what happened to Jesus? Eventually, he said, he said to the Father, not my will, but your will be done when it came to giving his life up. And then lastly, the de- and that was using the sword of the Spirit. He said, it is written, it is written. And then the devil came to him. He said, I'll give you all of this world if you'll bow down and worship me. The authority had been given to him from Adam and Eve. We were given the authority of this world. And when we turned our backs on God, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. We gave the authority to Satan. Now Satan said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give it to you. And what was that saying? There's another way. There's another way. And how often does the devil come and tell you? You don't got to do all that. You don't got to read your Bible, go to church and pray. You don't really got to quit these things. You don't got to really get serious about God. There's another way. Find a compromise with the devil. Find a compromise with your sin. Find a compromise and you'll still get what you want in the end. And so for me, my biggest problem for you as a congregation, that's why I talk about Open for almost every week, is because my biggest problem with you is not you becoming the next little Wayne or Lady Gaga. My problem with you is having three kids, a picket fence, and you thinking your life's okay while you're going to bust hell wide open because you haven't done it God's way. That's my biggest problem with this society today is we think we're going to make a deal with the devil. Call ourselves a lukewarm Christian and God's going to understand. There's only one kind of Christian, and that's the one that's on fire. The lukewarm person gets spit out of his mouth. Jesus said, you don't worship, I don't worship you, you you worship the Lord thy God and him only. Every time, every time, somebody say every time. Every time the devil came to Jesus, he said, it is written, he used the sword of the spirit. Have you ever, I want everybody to listen at me, I'll I'll be honest with you, I've told you so many stories about me, but I want to be honest with you, I want you to be honest with me rather. Have you ever lost a temptation? Have you ever sinned since being a Christian? Now listen to me, you sinned. Because you let the devil defeat you. Every time, every time, it was your fault. God will not feel sorry for you in heaven. God will not. Well, I was raised this way. God will not feel sorry for you. He, he will not accept that excuse. Well, it was hard to say no. No, nope, God will not accept that excuse. Well, I didn't have a lot of money to give. God will not. Did you not just hear about, I'm, I'm hitting on that because just, we just read a Malachi scripture that said if you keep from God, you rob God. Do you understand how serious that is? that serious why well, I didn't have a lot of money well that's that's not going to work with God you're greedy you're a liar God gave it to you you should give it back to him it's his did you make your mind did you make this world all the resources you have were given to you by God now you ask yourself this question if Jesus gave me the sword of the spirit what am I supposed to do with it what are you supposed to do with it you're supposed to use it against the devil Every single time I have ever sinned, I can look back at it as a Christian and take no, no excuse, no excuse, no excuse, and say I did not use the sword of the Spirit. I did not do what God asked me to do. I suffered that defeat because I chose to disbelieve in God. I chose to not follow God's word. So the question is for you, do you want to win your battles? That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. See, do you, you get it? I don't need you shouting. I just need you to understand. Finally! Are you ready to be strong in the Lord? Because I'm serious. Anybody comes to me this week, I'm fired up. I'll just anybody comes to me, come in with that whiny spirit, I'll just rebuke you and say, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Maybe next week we'll have a different counseling session. But this week, it's get behind me, Satan. Because I can't take it. I'm so full on faith right now. I can't take I can't take anything else other than that. Just tell me you love your sin then. Just, just tell me as your pastor. I love sin, pastor. That's why you don't see me in church all the time. I just love it. It feels good. I just, I just, I just love doing what I do. That's why I don't, come, that's why I don't be a disciple, pastor, because I don't want nobody holding me accountable. That's why, that's why I don't want to be in the 101 because I love sin. I don't want to be accountable. I don't want anybody knowing how jacked up my life is. Hello, just be honest with me. Just shoot straight with me. Pastor, I got arrows all in me right now. I'm bleeding out. I'm bleeding out, Pastor. I've been hit so many different ways, I don't even know who I am anymore. As I've told you before, my daughter, she's one years old almost two. She walks around, she eats crumbs. She does. She don't know any better. But I have to teach her. I have to teach her. I have to say, you are a verostick. You can have the finest of McDonald's. You can have the finest of Burger King. You can have the finest of Chuck E. Cheese, Little Caesars $5 pizza. You don't got to eat this. But she doesn't know who she is. And that's what it looks like when we don't know who we are. That's what it looks like. I came to fight like this. Amen. If you ever see me set down my sword, don't come and have a pity patty party with me. If you ever hear me telling you I'm sinning and that's okay. If you ever hear me telling you it's all right for me to have a bad attitude, it's all right for me to disrespect my wife, it's all right for me to steal from the church or some disgusting thing, you just go find another church, amen? You go with Pastor Berto and start a new one, amen? Amen. Call it the real Metro Praise, praise God. But don't you accept a lie from anybody. Certainly not from yourself, amen? I want you to keep on reading that passage as that description has been laid out. Then the Bible goes on to a prayer life. You are supposed to have a prayer life. Prayer by itself doesn't set you free. Otherwise, the monks and the priests and the popes would all be living holy, but they don't. Hello? A prayer life by itself won't set you free. You've got to have the right doctrine. You've got to know who you're praying to. If you think Jesus is one of many ways to the Father and Mary's just as good as Jesus, your prayers to Jesus mean nothing. The only prayer Jesus hears is a prayer of faith that says you're the only way to the Father and you're the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father but by you. You pray any other way, I don't care what kind of a monk you are. It ain't working. Amen? My one second prayer, Jesus, means more than your chance all day long. Means more than all of that. Amen? I don't got to wear some funny outfit, remain a virgin. Peter wasn't even a virgin. Peter had a mother-in-law, people. Hello, let's read the Bible. Let's stop being deceived by stupid religion. How many are done with dumb religion? I'm not calling the people dumb. I'm just saying it's dumb. How many are tired of watching their relatives go to a water stain under a bridge and pray some weak, powerless prayer? How many are tired of seeing people light candles, acting like it's doing something? Your life is still jacked up, friend. I want to see you get free. Get free. I want to see your prayer work, Jack. Amen. I know prayer works. Ain't nobody going to tell me it hasn't worked. I got off drugs in one step. I still got friends on drugs 20 years later. I got off it in one step to Jesus. I was losing my mind. I was having anxiety. I know medical help can help. But listen to me. Jesus set me free from anxiety. Boom. Jesus set me free from depression. I'm not here to say the, mental cl- the clinics can't help you. But listen to me, my friends. Don't you tell me God didn't set me free. Don't you tell me you don't have that kind of power. If your, if your problems walk you through those doors of a Christian counselor, that's wonderful. But listen to me. If you're ever going to get free to walk out those doors, it's going to be Jesus. Yes, if some of you need to go to a drug rehab, go to a drug rehab. But like I said, it may bring, bring, you may need to be brought into that drug rehab, but the only thing that will take you out of there in victory is your faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. It will not be those 12 steps. Listen to me. I write books. I have a 12-step book on discipleship. I could write every book you've ever read on those things. I'm telling you. I am telling you the truth. The only thing that sets people free is faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. If you're not free, it's because you don't have faith in Christ. Well, Pastor, I'm still smoking and I believe in Jesus. You don't believe in Him enough. You don't believe in him the right way. You don't even have a mustard seed of faith yet. What you have is make believe. What you have is some cross of Jesus on your neck that you like to kiss and make excuses for. He's a weak, powerless, blind, uh, weak, powerless, uh, white, emaciated Jesus, some skinny white man on your neck. Are you listening to me? That's not the Jesus who died on the cross. He wasn't sitting up there. <laughs> Some little nice, pristine beard, all skinny and white. Listen to that, that. That's just all make-believe. Throw it away. Throw it away if that's how you see him. I'm telling you, the pastor told me throw away my crucifix. Absolutely, throw it away. That's not who Jesus was. Jesus didn't say make a crucifix of me and kiss it and call, call out to it. Throw it away. If you're going to wear a cross, wear a cross without Jesus on it. Be reminded that he ain't in the grave anymore. He resurrected from the dead. He's powerful. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's where he is right now. Now, if you want to look at a crucified Lord, that's okay, but don't come telling me that's where the power is. The power is not in looking at a crucified Lord. The power is knowing who Jesus is. He didn't say go around and make, make big old cathedrals and have all these uh, emblems to remind you of stuff. I've had people in my house get set free. I've had people in their I've had people in their porch get set free. I've watched people get set free from drugs, fall down, go boom, right in front of their porch, shake, holler, and then come up a brand new person. Jesus spent more time on the streets than he ever did in church. You see, friends, this is real. You've got to get a kind of prayer life that works. It's a prayer that says, I need you, Jesus. See some people listen to me. Some of y'all been praying for 10 years and ain't nothing happened. Stop doing what you're doing. It ain't working. Do you understand that ain't Jesus? Can everybody just Can I just be sassy a little bit more? Well, Pastor, I've been coming to the church for 5 years and I'm still messed. You are messed up cuz you're messed up. That's why you are messed up. November 5th, 1995, I was just as much of a sinner as everybody in this room. Do you understand that? You know what a sinner is? Somebody who loves sin. I was a sinner. Just like anybody in this room. A 30-second prayer, 30 seconds, changed my entire life. That's why I'm here today. Because it worked. That 30-second prayer worked. It was a prayer of total surrender to Jesus. It was, you are Lord and I am not. You are God and I am not. You are clean and I am dirty. It was a prayer of total surrender. And God, my life is yours. You're the Lord of my life. So are you finally ready to be strong in the Lord? Does somebody want to pray a real prayer today and get a real answer? Like a real prayer. Like a real serious prayer. Hello. Do you want to pray a real prayer, yes or no? The Bible talks about praying in all kinds of prayers with all occasions. The Bible lists out uh, nine kinds of prayer, the prayer request, that prayer that comes to him, the Father in Jesus' name, and says this is what your will says according to your word. A prayer of repentance where you are not only sorry, but you are truly turning from your wicked ways. The prayer of intercession where you mean what you're praying for that other person. You mean it sometimes even with emotion and tears coming down your eyes saying, Lord, save them. A prayer of thanksgiving literally meaning I am thankful before I ask for another. thing. I want to thank you for all that you've done. Prayer in unknown tongues which I believe is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. That initiation of power as you've heard in our service and we'll see it later. A prayer of faith saying I believe what God said. I will declare it and believe it until I see it come to pass. A prayer of agreement asking somebody else. Will you pray with me? Will you agree with me? Will you stand on this word with me? And then the prayer of spiritual warfare saying I will rebuke the devil. I will tell the devil to get out of my life. I will tell the devil to loose my mind. I'll tell the devil that his lies won't work on me anymore. And then the prayer of persistence, which makes all of these prayers stick together, which is I pray and keep on praying and I keep on pushing until the gates of hell don't prevail and God's kingdom comes on this earth as it is in heaven because godly prayer works. That's what I do. That's what I do. That's what Jesus said to do. Does anybody else want to do it? What's the secret of being a pastor for 20 years? Pray in faith. Fight against the devil with the word of God. If you ever see a pastor fail, he has failed at his prayer life. He has failed at his faith in Christ. His prayers are meaningless and worthless. He can get you to shout, dance, and tap dance. He can get you to buy his books. He can get on TV. But if he can't live holy, if his marriage can't be holy, if he can't have true Christianity in his heart, he's a hypocrite and a liar. Are you listening to me? Why do I make it so hard on myself? Because if I didn't preach these messages, I could compromise just like some of you and still make a living. Y'all don't even know the half about being preachers, do you? You think I got to preach to you like this? I could preach to you so different. Still get tithes and offerings. Get more people to come. Don't care about your life. Why am I going to put people in your life, one-on-one mentors? They're too busy helping me build a kingdom. I'm not going to give them to help you. They're going to help me. Hmm? You ever seen churches like that? Ain't nobody going to disciple you. Sing in their choir. Do what they do. Make money for them. And then when they preach to you, all they're going to preach to you every week is, you just a poor little suffering sinner. you just a poor little suffering sinner just like good old pastor you a poor suffering sinner and there ain't no victory for you unless you come here and drop a little money in that bucket but you know people like that cuz they would rather think by dropping a money little money in a bucket and get that preacher to tap dance and sing them some song get them to preach some little silly message they would rather hear that than to know they better whoop the devil 7 days a week 24/7 it's like do it pastor Do it, Pastor. Come on, preach me happy, Pastor. Tell me something my tickling ears want to hear. Tell me how I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Oh, everybody coming against me, but my breakthrough is coming. Let me put up an illustration. Let me make the stage look like Disney World or some play off Broadway. Have everybody dress up to have you try to see it to entertain you. Oh, because the word of God ain't enough. No, the... No, that's, that, that ain't enough, that word of God. No, you got to have Curtis dress up like Jesus. You dress up like Judas. And we're going to have a play up here for 30 minutes. And then I'll tell you some scripture to have you think you heard the word of God. And then you wonder why you just on repeat, defeat. On repeat, defeat, walking in and out the same way you came, dropping money in the bucket, the pastor's getting richer, and you just staying in defeat because somebody don't want to look at you and say, you've got to believe it to work it, and if you don't work it, it ain't going to work for you. It ain't going to work. Listen, everybody look up at me. When I set down this mic and I head back home tonight, being a preacher don't defeat the devil. Just coming to church here don't defeat the devil at 3 in the morning when I'm getting attacked by Satan. 12 o'clock at the Internet and I get tempted to look at things I shouldn't. Being in church on Sunday don't mean nothing. Well, I pray like I mean it. Well, I pray like I mean it. Dear God in heaven, I need you now. Either it works or it doesn't. Either it works or it doesn't. Either God keeps his word or he doesn't. I don't know about some of you. I'm being honest. You say you pray. What, what are you praying? What are you praying? Because your life ain't changed yet. You say you believe in them, but you ain't living like them. And that bothers me as a pastor. Let me just preach it a little bit longer. That bothers me as a pastor. You know why? Because you make God look bad. You make my Lord and Savior look bad. The one I stand up here and preach about on Sundays, sweat coming down my face, you make him look bad. You make him look like He don't do it for everybody. I would rather talk to a Muslim and he say, I ain't never heard this before, than for a Muslim to say, I got 10 co-workers that all say they go to church and none of them live as good as I do. That makes me now want to say, dear God, have mercy on our churches. You see, I can't come at you but any other way other than the word. I just want to know, does anybody here have a finally in their spirit, a finally in their heart, where they say, Finally. I will be strong in the Lord. If, we've ha- if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and don't live out the truth. We lie. How many Christians are lying today? Everybody look up at this preacher. It's my livelihood. If y'all don't come back next week, I ain't got no church. Are you? Li- I'm willing to risk it to tell you the truth. Are you listening? How many Christians out there saying to you, I know Jesus. But yet they walk in darkness. Y'all aren't even ready. Come on, I want some of y'all to get excited. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from A-L-L. All sin. All sin. All sin. I wish I just had half a church to believe it today. I wish I did. I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm just telling you, I wish I had half a church to believe it today. I want to hear it one more time. I want you to hear it one more time. Listen to this. This is, this is 1 John. This is the book of John talking to you right here. Listen to this. Jesus here is our Lord and Savior. I'm so excited. Listen to me. Listen to this. I want you to hear this. This is the message we have heard from him. See, this is why I say some of you all making him look bad well, nobody's perfect. Y'all don't know the Bible then. Jesus was perfect and told us to be perfect like Him. If your Jesus doesn't change you and make you perfect like Him, you are worshiping the wrong Jesus. This is the message. This is John the Apostle talking. He said, this is the message we have heard from Him and declared to you, God! listen, to oh my, help me Lord, he said this is the message, he said y'all if you've heard one thing, if you were hanging around Jesus, this is what you would have heard, this is an eyewitness, this is John the apostle, the one who laid his head, the one who laid his head on Jesus' chest, he said we were around him, we know him and this was his message God is light in him there is no darkness at all In Christ, Jesus is the light of the world. The light shines in the midst of darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Is there darkness in your heart today? Listen, if there is darkness in your heart today, you, my friend, are not with God because there is no darkness in God. I'm tired of hearing Christians tell me they're wrestling their demons. If you are wrestling your demons, they are your demons and there is darkness in you. You are not in Christ. Satan and his children have demons. Christians have the Holy Spirit. Christians have the Holy Spirit. How many believe in the Holy Spirit today? Can I show you one more time before I get to the part of the message I came to preach? This is so serious. I'm not even to the point I got to preach. I got two slides I got to show you before we go. Listen to this one last time. 1 Peter chapter 4. Whoever, somebody say, whoever, whoever says, I know him. Oh, I know Jesus. Oh I know Jesus. I go to church. Oh what church you go? I go to this. I go to this church. Oh yeah, I sing in the choir. I'm in the band. I'm a preacher. Oh, you know Jesus? Yeah. Okay. I know Jesus. Anyone who says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar. The truth is not in that person. That's why I'm telling you that you understand I love you to tell you this. Spiritual warfare is real. So if you're telling me, listen to me, saints, I love you with almost tears coming down my eyes. If you're telling me you are losing in the war against the devil, the truth is not in you. Christ is not in you. You are a liar. You need to repent because Christ didn't die so you could be defeated. He died so you would live in victory. Get Christ in you. Let his light shine in you. The Bible says, wake up, O sleeper, and raise from the dead. Let Christ's light shine on you. Let the light of Christ change you. Hold him at his word. Come up to this altar, I plead with you. You come up to this altar and you say, God in heaven, if you are real, you meet me here and change my life. Shines so bright in me that all darkness flees. At this moment, this moment, light always pushes darkness. It never can stay, never. You may say, well, pastor, have you sinned since being a Christian? Yes, my friend, I have sinned since being a Christian. But I have known that I sinned. I didn't make excuses like some of you. I admitted I have sinned. Ask my wife how often I repent to her. Ask the people who work with me how often I repent. Send them texts that night. I'm sorry, I've been in prayer. I didn't talk to you right. Is that not the truth, Pastor Burrow? Because God lives in me and he wants his light in me and all darkness has to flee. No darkness should reside in your heart ever. You say, well, I've gotten used to these fantasies. I've gotten used to fantasies. I've gotten used to bitterness. My friends, repent, 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 and let Christ change you. Let him purify you from sins. Let him purify you. Can I hear an amen? I'd rather preach to 10 people that live victorious. You send 10. You send 10 rangers to ISIS right now out there. They will take over that whole nation and destroy every one of those ISIS. You are called to be a soldier of God. Listen to what David said at one point. He said, though a thousand fall at my one side, Psalm 91, and though 10,000 fall at my other side, the destruction will not come near me. A thousand pastors may backslide. 10,000 of them may become charlatans, but I will finish my race and the destruction will not come near me. You disciples here today, you may say, I've seen a 1,000 of my friends backslide, 10,000 of my peers come to hell, but I will not let the destruction come nigh me. I will finish my race. That's what David said. And you could just imagine those of us who are masculine here, whoop, whoop, who love Jesus and love to fight. Amen. We aren't yellow-bellied Christians here. We are masculine warriors of Christ here. You ask any man who's watched a war movie, where is the bravery? The bravery counts when they are outnumbered. The bravery counts the most when everyone else has backed down, when people are cowering on the shores there of Normandy. It's the one with courage who takes up his rifle and storms those gates, storms those shores. It's the one that keeps on fighting till the sword, sticks to his hand. That is the one that is brave. Not the one who tucks tail and runs and says we never had a chance anyway. No, it's the one who stands and fights and says if God before me, nothing can stand against me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will meet you on that battlefield. See, if you're saying to me today, Pastor, I'm in a battle, but I'm willing to fight till I win, I will meet you there. What do you, you want to meet me here? We'll have a pastor meet you here at 5.30 every morning until you see the battle get won. If you don't see it yet. We'll have, have somebody call you on every hour to make sure you live in holy. We will meet you on that battlefield until your faith grows, until you understand who you are in Christ. But don't expect me, please, as your pastor, to hear you lie to me and expect me to agree with your lie. I started this church because I didn't want to be around pastors who were lying. I looked at one pastor I was working with and I called him a hireling. I said the only reason why you tap dance across this stage every Sunday is because they pay you. You think you think I care about what men think? You're talking to a church planner that started in his house. I don't care what men think. I fear God, my friend. I want you to be right with God. I want you to hear this preacher after all this yelling and hollering. I want you to hear this preacher while you go home today. And I want you to be able to say, I'm free who the Son of God has set free. And I'm free indeed. I'm never the same again. That's what I want you to go home today. I want you to see a man on fire, and then you get on fire. Then you say, God, if you did it in him, you'll do it in me. Set me free. Help me to stand and fight every battle. There are two places where we fight our battles. Here's the message in, in summary and closing. Here's where we fight our battles. Two places. This is where our battles are fought. Number one, where we fight from victory. Where we stand, where the passage is majority of the time speaking towards, where we stand on God's word. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after having done everything to stand, you've got to stand on your promise of salvation and say, I'm saved, I will not backslide. You've got to stand on him doesn't matter what your college tells you about evolution. doesn't matter what your friends think. It doesn't matter how many people backslide. You stand. You put up your shield against the lies of the devil because the shield of faith will extinguish every lie of Satan, and you stand on salvation. You stand for holiness. The Bible said, be holy for the Lord your God is holy. Every attack that comes against you. Well, what about your past? What about these feelings that you have? What about these desires? What about these fantasies? What about this temptation? You stand your ground. You say, I am who God said I am, devil. I believe it and that settles it. I am standing in the identity of Christ. He became sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. I am perfect like my heavenly Father is perfect. I am who Christ said I am a sound mind. The Bible says that he will give us a mind that passes all, a peace that passes all understanding. It says you have the mind of Christ. You don't have to go looking for it. The moment you got saved, brother or sister, the mind of Christ came to you and transformed your mind. So when you hear these thoughts coming in that aren't your, uh, that, that aren't uplifting, that aren't noble and aren't true, you rebuke them. Your brain is not your mind. You have to know the difference. We've taught on this before. You have an earthly brain that will die and be buried in this ground, but your soul is a mind that uses the brain. And when that brain is tempted, when that brain is scared, when that brain goes through all of its fits, you stand in the mind of Christ and say, I am who God says I am. This, this brain will pass away. This body will pass away. But I'll shine like God brighter than the noonday sun when I meet him face to face. His glory will cover me. Hallelujah. A blessed marriage. Stand upon your marriage. I mean, did you hear this, those of you who got married? When you got married, did you hear this? What God brings together, let no man tear apart. You stand on that. You stand on that promise that says my marriage will succeed. God said it, and that settles it. A godly home, my house will serve the Lord. My house will serve the Lord. Sexual purity. I am who God said I am. I'm a new creation. I'm not dirty anymore. My brain still may have fantasies locked into its locked into my mind, like a you know, play it back to my mind like a movie. But that doesn't mean I got to live like an animal based on instinct. I may have pheromones that feel attraction. But I don't have to be drugged into sin like a slave by my pheromones. I can live holy and count myself as dead in the flesh, but alive unto Christ in my soul and spirit. Joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Some of you are sorrowful. You're in pain. And maybe for some good reason, maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been hurt. But listen to me, my friend. The only way you'll make it out of that pain is rejoicing in the Lord. Not just rejoicing in that person's life if they were a loved one to you. Not just rejoicing in a future hope of heaven. You have to learn to rejoice now, right now. In your pain, God is good. In the midst of trouble, God is good. In the midst of the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, praise God. In the midst of the lions then, Daniel, praise God. You praise God from whom all blessings flow. Patience. Every time you feel like rushing and moving beyond what is peaceful to to go into stress, you tell yourself, be at rest, O my soul. Be at peace, O my soul. Speak to yourself the peace of God and say, devil, you will not push me out of my peace. You will not push me out of my patience. You will not take me out of the will of God. The mind of Christ, freedom and hope. Are you finally, hello, listen to me. Some of you might have understood this before you came here, but I know there's a lot of you who don't, so I'm speaking to you today. Are you finally ready to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power and stand here? Salvation is not out there. Salvation is here the day you received it. I'm not running at the devil to get my holiness. The day I accepted Christ, Christ gave holiness. Don't get it twisted. The Christian fights from victory. From victory. As I said on the Facebook post, you may have to fight some battles, but Jesus has already won the war. Jesus has already won the war. Jesus has already said to you, it is finished. Now rest. He said, all those who are heavy laden, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my load is light, and you shall find rest for your souls. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said in Psalms 91 through the prophet David, he said, under the shadow of the Almighty will I rest. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength. You see, my friends, we have to get to the point again where we actually believe the Psalms. We have to get to the point where we believe these things that David wrote about. David was a man of God. He understood trouble. He understood temptation. But look what David said. He said, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. See, that's where you're fighting from, a place of rest. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Some of you need to believe Psalm 23. What does the Bible say there? that in the presence of my enemies he makes a table before me. In the presence of the devil, in the presence of hell itself, as you walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, look at verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me in the midst of everything that attacks me, everything that comes against me. You prepare a table of abundance. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and your love will follow me, not some of the days of my life, not just the good days, but all the days of my life. And I know that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's my God. That's my shepherd. And I am honored to be his sheep. That's what it means to serve God. That's what it means to say, I stand upon the solid rock. I stand upon what God said, despite whatever comes my way. And then the second battle that we fight is for victory, but it's not for ourselves. The next battle that we fight is for victory, and it is for this world that is dying and going to hell, a world that has been deceived, a world that thinks they're okay because of what someone has taught them, A world that has justified their sin before a holy God. And we are to storm those gates of hell that keep them out from the kingdom. Satan says, you won't have your mother back. She belongs to me. My sister was a mother. She died drinking and driving. Left two children behind. Devil said, you won't have her. There are some of you that are fighting real battles. For real souls. The one thing that we cannot do is overcome their free will. God could not make Judas go to heaven. And Satan couldn't make Peter go to hell. I've told you that at the beginning. Listen to me. But what we can do is we can run down those gates of hell. And we can pray for each other. You pray for me and I pray for you that we will fearlessly preach the word of God to them. My sister called me up a week before she died. She said, "Joe, I'm living with my boyfriend. My life is falling apart. It's not working right anymore." I was in Bible college. Took the phone, the, the the call at the old payphone they would have there in those dormitories, and I said, "Sister, you got to get right with God. You got to repent of your sins. You've got to repent." Well, what do I do after that? Stop sleeping with them. God will give you strength. Didn't hear from her for a couple days. Asked my mom how she was doing. Well, she just went back to doing what she was doing, Joe. And the next time I saw her, she was in a casket. God only knows what she did at her last hours. I have no idea, and I won't sit here and judge. I know a thief got to go to heaven because he called out to Jesus at the last minute. But I know she hit a pole going 70 miles an hour, split her car in two, and went through the top of her windshield and top of her hood like it was a pop can laid out on the road. I'm willing to fight for your sister now because I've already lost one of mine. I'm willing to pray for your family. You see, Easter's coming up. I'm willing to preach like this on Easter to your family. Will you get them here? Will you hand them a flyer? I'm willing to tell them that there's a God who in heaven who loved them so much that he sent a son down to die for them and he raised from the dead so that they could live for him now. But my friends, are you going to Pray. Are you going to assault the gates of hell? I'm not a and I wasn't born and raised here. Are you sick and tired of watching what's happening in this city? I've only been here two years, but I'm sick and tired of it. How often do you hit your knees and pray? You may say, Pastor, well, how much has your prayer worked? Well, it got you here, didn't it, Bubba? Maybe I haven't won 100,000 yet, but I got 100. I've got 200. And I'm not going to stop praying and assaulting the gates of hell. Until your sister comes, until your brother comes, until your dad comes, until your co worker comes, until your neighbor comes, until we all get to see the glory of God upon this city. Because this is not what God intended this city to be. And God is asking us who will run against the gates of hell for the sake of Chicago? Who will run against these gates? at the sake of losing their job, at the sake of losing friendships, at the sake of losing popularity, at the sake of losing finances. Who will run against the gates of hell and say, devil, Christ defeated you here in my life, and I'll stand at the gates of hell until Christ defeats you in that person's life, until Christ defeats you in this life. I will keep praying. I will keep witnessing, and I will know that Christ is victor. That's how we fight. So friends, you have to ask yourself this question now. Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to stand up for all that Christ said you were? Because listen to me, those are the people I came to preach to as the band comes in closing, please. Listen to me. Because whether we are fighting from our personal victory or fighting for the victory of Jesus to be given to others, Jesus Is our conquering king. Just close your eyes or focus on him for a few moments, any way you know how, right now, would you tell him thank you? Thank you, Jesus, for defeating death, hell, and the grave for us. What we could not do, he did for us. What we could not do for ourselves, he did for us. What I cannot do for my children, he did for them. Come on, put yourself in his shoes right now. Think about Jesus. Use your imagination and thank him as you do. He leaves heaven, comes down in the form of a man, and he starts to reach out to us, to touch us, to heal us, He blesses our children. He wars and fights against the devil. And then yet all of that was just his introduction. He has to die a brutal death to be our sacrifice. Just put yourself in his shoes as you're thinking about him and thinking about him and thanking him now. Could you imagine now? He's 33 years old. He's been on this earth for those many amount of years, and the last three and a half, he's basically changed that part of the world through healing and miracles and teachings. And yet as he begins to pray, he hears the Father tell him, Son, it's time to die for the world. And you can almost see the Father just give him a picture of what it's going to look like. And Jesus starts to sweat drops of blood. He then gets up to see if his disciples, his best friends, are praying with him, the prayer of agreement. But he finds them sleeping because all of us have let him down in one way or another. But he goes back to his knees with those drops of blood and he prays one more time, Father, Father, I'm all alone. No one is here with me now. If there's any other way, would you take this cup from me? But nonetheless, Father, your will, not my will, your will be done. His best friend betrays him. One of his disciples named Judas kisses him, betrays him. He's drugged, he's whipped, he's beaten. You know the story. And now use your imagination. They're mocking him. They're spitting. They're beating him. And everybody around him wants him to fight flesh and blood. Everybody wants him to destroy flesh and blood. And yet he knows this battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers and powers and forces of evil. And they put him on that cross. And I want you to use your imagination as you're thinking and thanking him right now. Come on. And there the sins of the world are put upon him, your sin and mine. The sky turns black at three in the afternoon. And now the precious son of God screams out, Eli, Eli, Lama sabachthani." My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He took the penalty of our sin. All of us who have ever felt forsaken by God, by our own sin, by our own pain, by, by what others have done to us or what we've done to ourselves, we have all felt forsaken by God, lost in this world and alone in darkness. And Jesus felt that for us. And then as he draws his last breath, he's forgiving a man next to him, telling that man he'll see him in paradise. And then he says these words, it is finished. In the same breath of life, Thousands of years earlier in the Garden of Eden whew, that had given mankind his soul. Now breathes his last breath. For the soul, for the victory of the soul that had been lost to Satan in sin. My friend, are you thinking about Christ and the cross right now? I hope you are. Because finally... You can be strong in him today. Because when he rose from the third the, the third day from the grave, he proved that he won, that it in fact was finished, that all authority on heaven and earth had been given unto him. That we were to go and make disciples of the nations, being full of the Holy Spirit, being his witnesses all around the world. You see, finally, I can be strong now in him. Finally, I don't have to be defeated by sin anymore. The cross and the resurrection says to a sinner like me, November 5th, 1995, Oh, Joe, finally, finally, you can't come home again. You can't come home. Your soul was lost, empty. You can come home again. Are you thankful for that today? Sing Jesus, be the center softly, please, as altar workers come. We're going to stand and pray in just a moment, but I'll give God 30 more seconds. Come on. Do you hear God saying you can come home again? Do you hear God saying you can be whole again? Do you hear God saying you can be forgiven again? You can be cleansed again? You can be made holy again? I plead with you. Do you hear his voice today? You can be free again. You can be loved again. Finally, finally, the battle's already been won. You can be strong in the Lord again. You can be strong in His power again. Today can be your last day of depression. Today can be your last day of worry. Today can be your last day of sin and defeat. Today can be your last day of rejection. It is finished. Stand in Him today with with your seats right now. Just at your seats. Don't do it if you don't mean it because I don't don't even have my eyes open and I haven't for about the last 15 minutes. So you don't need to impress me because I don't care. I don't. I really don't. But I ask you, I ask you to care for you in this illustration now. I really do, because I've already made a stand. But I ask you to care for your soul now, beyond what I could care. I love you, but I can't care enough now to make you stand. But listen, this is what I want you to do if you're going to stand. I want you to stand as you get up and proclaim your victory. I want you to use yourself as an illustration in this sermon today that when you get up out of your seat, you're going to open your mouth and declare the victory that you're going to stand in. And that means if you came in here today struggling with something, being defeated by the devil with something, that means when you stand up, you're going to shout. I don't. this ain't for nobody, but come on, you're going to shout. You're going to shout as loud as you can. I'm standing in victory and purity. I'm standing in the holiness of God. I'm standing in the salvation for my family. Some of you are like, well, how am I going to leave if I don't want to do that? You can leave afterwards, but right now, we're not going to dismiss. So respect me if you do. Come on. Those of you on the count of three who want to stand in victory. And I'm going to ask my altar workers, would you sit down? Just get, get, sit on your hindquarters. I'll join you in just a second. Because I want to see some people in this place with me standing. When I open my eyes, but I'm gonna open my eyes for a minute. But I want when I open my eyes when I get done shouting unto God, I want to see I ain't alone. Because I know this church is full of radical disciples. On the count of three, we are gonna stand and we are gonna shout out our victory as a prayer of faith and believe our lives will never be the same again. One. Who is your God and is He bigger than your problems? Two, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross so you could stand in victory? If you did, get ready. One, two, three. If you need to go, you're dismissed now because I can't think about those who don't want to be here anymore. If you got to go, just go now because I am so rocked and I got to pray for some people. No offense. If you got plans, you may go. No one's watching. God bless you. We'll see you next week. But if you are feeling Jesus right now, you better get ready for breakthrough because there's going to be some power loosed up in this place. There's going to be some power. I feel Jesus in this place. I feel Jesus in this place. I feel somebody getting free right now. In just a few moments, I'm going to do an altar call. And if that's you, I'm going to want you to run down here. Because you're going to get free up in this place. But before we do that altar call, I just want you to sing it out. Come on, it's all about Jesus. From my heart to the heavens,
3: Jesus i'm
0: If that's you, I want you to run to these altars. Run to these altars if you want breakthrough. Come on. Run. Get to these altars.
3: Get to these altars. Who wants freedom? Who wants freedom?
0: you. Come on. Get to these altars. Who wants freedom? Who wants freedom? You get to these altars right now. You get to these altars. There is a God in heaven who will set you free. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, who else? Come on, come on, come on. There is freedom. Libertad. Say freedom in Spanish, Armando. Come on, por favor. Libertad. Libertad freedom.
2: Libertad Libertad En el Señor
3: libertad,
2: libertad Libertad There is freedom Tu me hiciste libre Tu me hiciste libre Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. Jesus 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 Jesus, Jesus. Jesus.
0: Jesus. Freedom. Freedom. As the altar workers are praying. Freedom. Freedom from homosexuality. Freedom from depression. Freedom from anxiety. Freedom. Freedom in the Nombre Jesus Christ. Freedom. Freedom.